You're listening to the Derek Asante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. I just aim to keep the discussion above the average. My guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Asante, and today we'll be speaking with someone that I share a beautiful, beautiful history with. I've known this individual for many, many, many years. I stopped counting. Another sister of mine, really, when I think about it, whom I completely and absolutely respect and appreciate so much for many reasons. But I'll share one of those reasons with you, and that is um, our rich debates, where we welcome the other's vantage point, and we can agree to disagree, and there's no harm done. And I ask her to join me here to discuss a topic of gender stereotypes. Uh, so please help me welcome my friend, Reva Carpenter. Hey. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. It's been a minute. Quite some time. It's been a minute. What's new with you? Uh, just trying to uh, navigate the day today in the house in front of the computer at a desk. Isolated. <laughs> Anti-socializing. Yeah. <laughs> so this episode, what I actually want to talk about is gender stereotypes. But I'd like to open with this quote and give me your opinion on this quote here. It says, Life is what happens when you're too busy planning. That's by me. <laughs> okay, I'm owning it. <laughs> so life is what happens when you're too busy planning. That's right. Okay. Um, what I think about, I think that, um, I think it's a balance. You have to try to put some things, put your plans into place, see how they actually work, see if it's a if it's a solid plan, like, is it functional? Yeah. Is, is it actually going to work? Is there some things I need to tweak in there? So you have to live the plan. Right. You can't just shelf it. And that's, that's key. Cause I think, um, I think a lot of people overthink, overanalyze and never take action mm-hmm. because they get stuck in that planning phase. And we want to tweak this. We want to make it a perfect thing. And, and so forth, but it never reaches the people it's supposed to reach. If it's something that's supposed to reach the masses or, or things like that. Right. So, um, but no, I agree with you. You definitely have to live out the plan and you have to take action ultimately. Um, so our conversation, gender stereotypes, right. Mm-hmm. It's something that I think about. Um, uh, but I also think a lot of people don't really have conversations about it publicly and um i'm curious like i don't know first of all do you agree with that statement that they don't have these conversations publicly because of how sensitive it might get um i think i think some people do have it publicly in terms of in certain in certain subcategories like you know people have it publicly when they're talking about two heterosexual married couples you know, like, right. oh, what is a, what do you expect your wife to do? What do you expect your husband to do? And I think that's a normal, it's a, a normal way to kind of discuss it. I think that's the only way you kind of, I've heard it discussed in the dynamics of who does what in a home. Okay. So now, do you think, first of all, off the bat, do you think there are gender stereotypes? And if you do, can you share an example of one that you can think of? I think of gender stereotypes. I think it's like, and I think every generation is going to have those gender stereotypes. I think a lot of the gender stereotypes come down from an older generation trying to impress upon you how you should operate in your day-to-day life moving as a young adult or a young person. So um, I think gender stereotypes are kind of, kind of pushed down the line Okay. And it's always going to be pushback, but I think that's like kind of the most common way that you kind of see them. Okay, okay. Now, I want to take us back a little bit to middle school. 
So, which middle school did you go to? Lawrence Heights. All right. Perfect. So, I want you to remember Lawrence Heights when you were there and 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 share with me how were boys and girls different back then in comparison to that same age group today. Oh, oh, uh <laughs> So, yes, we're that's, comparing generations right now. That's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> like, you know, you're asking me to dig in the archives of my mind to remember back then. Then you're telling me to try yep. to reiterate something from there. Um, okay, so my I have a niece. She's a, she's 11 years old. We had a con- we had a conversation a little a couple of weeks back, and she was telling me how. Mm-hmm. Um, her online schooling experience is going and she doesn't like it. She wants to be with her friends and she was referring to her teacher and she um, she was expressing that a lot of the students in her class were upset with her teacher because she has a friend that I don't remember how they identify, but there's a pronoun that she preferred to be identified by and the teacher refused, or I'm not sure if it's him or her, but the, the teacher refused to identify that individual by that pronoun, right? And, um, and my niece was very upset about it, and she was advocating for her, right, in right. a very passionate way. It, 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 her whole demeanor changed when she was speaking to me. And um, I, didn't, I didn't defend any of my friends like that. <laughs> Sorry, hold on, hold on. So your niece was defending her friend's pronoun that she wanted... The teacher to abide by. Ah. Yeah. And so um, her whole demeanor changed in the conversation when she wanted to defend her friend. And like her vocabulary changed her, she was very serious about it, and she was advocating for her, right? So, so how does that differ now to when you were in middle school? I I don't think I, I mean, maybe personally, I don't feel like I felt that confident, or maybe I never had a cause that made me feel like I could advocate for myself, right? Like she, and she was saying how she they spoke to the teacher, and the teachers were there. Like I never, I don't think I had a. a any cause that made me feel like giving that type of pushback on a social right. issue, right? And um, I don't even think I was that <laughs> I don't even think I was that articulate at that age to do so. And just like just her social awareness was on was on ten. Right. Outside of our our day to day happenings at middle school, there was nothing socially at that time that I could recall that we felt passionate about. Right. So, okay. Okay. I like that. Now, the other question that I'm thinking about as you were telling that story is what role did teachers play at that time back then compared to now? Because it sounds like your niece obviously found her own voice and, you know, the confidence to be able to say what she's saying, right, to her teacher. But did you as a student, because honestly, back then, I wouldn't think we were even allowed to say certain things back to a teacher. You're crazy? <laughs> my grade six and seven teacher had my parents' phone number personally. They, they, had, they, had a, they had a great teacher-parent relationship, and parents were very – had this idea that um, you, this is an authority. I send you here to go learn. So you go learn. You don't talk back. You don't give the teacher any trouble. You go there to go learn. And if you're at school doing something that's not learning, and they contact me about that, right? and that's a whole other world of trouble. Maybe advocating for yourself today may have been considered disrespectful then, right? So it's just a different, the gener- different generations view advocacy differently. Right. There wasn't a lot of questioning of why we're doing this or what we're doing that or what are you doing? So here's my thing though. Um, I definitely hear what you're saying and it got me thinking because it sounds a lot like we had a stronger foundation when it came to cultural understanding, cultural, uh, a sense of, you know, um, guidance where I guess what I mean by that is our parents came from back home, where wherever that was, right? So it could have been the islands, could have been the continent, and whatnot. 
but the way we are raised is to give the authority, you know, those figures, the teachers, uh, you know, the principals, the headmasters, and all of that, they were figures of authority. And they had free range with us. Right? So I think that was inscribed in us whether we knew it or not, because that's how we were raised. You would get disciplined, whereas kids today essentially cannot be disciplined in the same fashion, right? Well, I, I think there's a couple of things why that happens, right? Like, for example, like, when I was younger, you know, you're told, like, okay, these are authority figures. As I got older, you start working, you start paying taxes, and you learn a little bit about politics or how your society is constructed. Like, if you take sociology and, and whatever college or university, how your society is constructed. And once you have a little understanding of these figures, these authority figures in your society and once you start working right. the two things that the authority figures and working is that you're taking money on your check to give to these people to represent you you vote them in to represent you so as i got older i'm just like i i can question you guys and i should because i i can vote right or a collective could vote you to be in these positions right these teachers you or anybody who's getting paid off the taxpayer dollar should be able, you should be able to interact with them because you're paying them, essentially. Right. It's a somewhat, somewhat of a power exchange, right? Um, it is. And so once I started working, I understood that, yes, these people are trained individuals that have a particular skill set in regards to helping people learn. And that should be respected at all times. Sorry to sorry to cut you, but I really like that perspective because I didn't see that coming. Right? From that vantage point that they do actually represent you. And I think that's the difference between our generation and the new generation is that the new generation parents are in tune with the system more so than our parents were. And so therefore, you empower your children to know a little bit more than your parents did so that they can actually advocate for themselves. That sounds about right, no? Like, absolutely, right? Because, for example, you send a kid to private school, you know, you, go, you could go run up in that school and ask that teacher whatever. Like, where's the plan? Like, those parents, right. if those parents, if those, that's what those parents do. In affluent, in, in affluent schools or in environments or communities, these parents are educated and they understand what that teacher's job is and they have the time and resources to run up in there and say, what happened? What did they learn today? And they want to right. know. They're not asking you in a generality. They're saying, hey, you're a paid teacher off of taxpayer dollars or private school money dollars to make a plan for my children. I want to see it. They can see right. that, right? And yeah. we're in other environments. We don't even know that's a thing to do. Right, right. The more information you know, you get empowered. And you're going to empower your children. to offer, You want right. to give them confidence. You want to... You want them. You want them to be able to advocate for yourself. You're not in those classes right. with them, right? And so when they have a a cause or something bothering them, you don't want them to feel like they're powerless. And so you, you want to give you want to give that to them. Right. It's like it's essential. Now, do you think the educational system um, tries to either influence? I don't want to use the word push. Uh, so. Do you think they influence people into traditional um, female male roles today? Um, or was that more something of the past? I think that, I think that the education system is going to mirror the direction of society, right? Because uh, our education system kind of designed to correlate with the direction of society. Like you're preparing these people to operate within the society, right? So right. if there's social changes within um, the government, right? The government um, puts certain legislations in place, right? That's eventually going to be mirrored in in academia, right across, because academia is preparing these individuals to um, reinvest back into Canadian society. So you want them to be acclimated that way. Right. And so I do think that um, if there's a change in the way society as a whole views genders and gender roles and um, 
if they, are, they have a change or alteration in how they view gender identities and if there's a change in pronouns and how people want to be addressed as if society's having that change, the schools are going the schools are going to mirror that because that's the transition, right? Like, okay, right. we're preparing these people for the society that we're building, but you don't teach anybody about these changes in some shape, way, or form. Right. Then there's going to be a disconnect. So, it's interesting because you mentioned that, and I'm not completely pro education as far as our system goes, just because of the fact that I know the material that our kids are learning are so outdated in relation to what's actually happening happening in the real world that it's it's scary because you know i feel i feel that they're being set up to pick up a lot of debt and um that's really what it is well, but why, I, why not like like then, then the educational system is doing what it's supposed to do because you're, you need to create you need to create consumers you need to create right you these people these these human beings that are getting education in the system need to reinvest in the economy. Like right. It's, the it's, prob- it's the- a it's a formulated it's a formulated thing that they're doing, right? Like they're not making mistakes because they're not preparing you to be well-rounded individuals that are going to do extremely well in society. So people who do extremely well in society don't pay a lot of taxes. So I agree, but the the hope the hopeful individual or part of me is hoping that that's not true like i hope that that's not true but i know when i look out my window and i I see kids and i see the system um at work and things like that i also know what's happening and i can see it firsthand because i went through it um and i've seen classmates of mine go through it and they're still going through it you know as far as the impacts but that's I'm going to I'm going to save that for an entire new entirely new um episode because I know where this is going to go if I, if I don't switch gears with it because I I know exactly where that's going to go. Now, I want to ask you who do you think as far as gender, right? When I say gender, we're focusing on the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. Um that we understood it to be, not what it is today because I know gender is completely different today. Mm-hmm. But Focusing on the male-female aspect of things, um, which gender gender do you think studies more than the other, and why? Which gender studies more, and why? Yeah, in the educational system. I always found the male students to be they had the best grades. They had better grades than the female students in my program. They were they they had intimate knowledge of the the material at all times, like, like again, in, in finances, right? So they, they seem to be the better, coming out on better, the better grades. They seem to be more into the program, and um, they seem to have an active, intimate knowledge of the program, and they had a clear path of how they're going to use this information. Like, that's what I gathered from the difference between the men and the, the males and the females. What do you think was lacking from the female side? I think uh, I want to know exactly what was lacking. To be quite honest, like not to say the females didn't study. I just think maybe, or maybe I could have it wrong. Maybe the males just had a better a knack for it. Let's say, like it just came naturally to them. I think the females studied hard, but I just felt them. I really felt the males just got it easy. Like it, it came naturally to them. The information, the women felt like I felt like they had to work harder at it. There was more female study groups than the male study groups. The male seemed to be whipping through the information easier. So they were they were able to digest the information much easier. Yeah, and so and I and I don't know if it's because it was just surrounding finances where that might be. I wouldn't want to say that women are better than men, men are better than women, or what have you. Or right. I don't I don't want to say that, but it just appeared to be that um, when they got it, they got it. Right. Like, and. It just appeared to be that way, but like then again, like is it that way for other fields? Like, are there more men and more women in other fields? Is it just, is it depend on what industry are you in? Like, right. I think those things are those things vary. Okay, so we're gonna get to some of those um, things down the, the line with this conversation. Now, I want to end this small segment with this question for you: Should boys and girls be treated differently? In what sense be treated differently, and by whom? Uh, we're 
what well, we're talking about the educational system. Um, no, you're giving information. You're giving information. They shouldn't be different. They shouldn't be treated differently on on whether they're male or female. They should be treated differently based on their needs. The teacher should have the ability to be able to assess their their learning style and make the adjustment. Right. I don't know if that's a gender thing of who's more visual or who's more this or who's more that. Right. So, so I notice I notice not just you in this conversation, but a lot of people um, shy away from the word different or differently, treating somebody differently. But I'm for that. And I say I'm for that in the sense that I'm talking about equity. Everybody wants to talk about equality, treat everybody the same. They're in the same classroom, X, Y, Z. That's a bunch of crap to me. Now, the reason why I say that is because we, you just said it. We learn differently. Mm-hmm. So if we learn differently, that means we have different needs. And if we have different needs, again, the word is different. We have slightly different needs. And if we have different needs, why should we be treated the same when we're not the same? Yeah. But like, That's my I issue. I don't, right? think it's a, but I don't think it's a gender thing. I think it's just everybody has different learning abilities. Right. Like, for example, if I'm in a lecture and there's no visuals, that, that, I'm wasting my time. I need a visual. Right, because right? it's, I need it's not hear, helping you and your needs. Yeah, I need right. to hear it. I need to see it, right? So, right. and that teacher, underst- that prof understands she has many different learning mediums through a lecture. Like, in a lecture, yeah. there's the whiteboard. She's using a whiteboard. She's pulling up um, PowerPoints. She's giving examples. She's making us go through exercises in the class. Like, she's, right. like she does so much medium through my textbooks online. Like, it's you have a learning style, like particularly right. particularly in college. If you have a learning style, there's it's accommodated. But the, there's a very big difference between high like higher education that you're paying for and how they accommodate you, and middle school and high school. Like my middle school and high school experience was trash compared to when I went to <laughs> when I went to university. When I went to university, the tools that are available to me that like yeah. like the fact that I. That's when I understood I had to learn. Like I learned differently. Right. Middle school and high school were frustrating to me because I learned differently. Right. It is frustrating because you don't know you learn differently. Like you're not trained to know the different learning styles. You're you're a student, but these people right. are. And the fact that th- that that's not a priority to them, and they're having people, they can you can see when people are struggling. Like. If you're a teacher, you don't see when someone's struggling, you're just an asshole. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you don't care. Right. You can see when people are struggling. And so just to not, like, provide different mediums for people to really grasp the information that you're, you're trying to convey to them is a disservice. If you have a different ability, there's a grant for that. Right. Right? It's like you could do, a, you could do assessment. You could get computers. You could get recorders. You could get someone to take your notes in class for you. Right. Like I had students, students at one of my classes, people came in and took their notes for them. They had different, they had to do their tests in different environments that were accommodating to them because their learning styles were different. Their testing styles were different. Right. And that was their assessment to help them. I never had that experience during middle school and um, middle school and high school. Right. My grade six and grade seven teacher, she was an educator. Like she stayed after school late with us. She like, they, she with all the resources that she had, and my like, I didn't go to so illustrious middle school, right? So with the resources right. that she had, she gave her time, which was a valuable asset to help. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I believe that educators are the ones that leave a lasting impression on you. Uh, they actually, you know, shape um, a part of your character. A thousand percent. Right. And and the fact that they have such an impact lets you know that they're an educator because an educator is really someone who is focused on the lifelong learning of an individual, not just for the moment and for a subject matter. They, they look at the whole person Absolutely. and not just one aspect of the person. So I agree with you on that. Like educators are definitely um, at a next level when you when you talk about teachers and educators. Yeah. So. If they're listening to this, they need to pay attention because 
if you are just focusing on the subject matter that you're teaching and not the person that you're interacting with in the classroom, which is your student, then you're just a teacher and you're not doing anything for that person. You're seeing it like right? they're trash. Like that's what I'm gonna say. That's it. I'm gonna say they're trash. You're there for you're <laughs> there for the check. I'm sorry yeah. to say, but you're yeah. there for the check. I think it's a disservice. But like between like male and females, the way that they're that they're treated within a in a school structure, should they be treated differently? I don't think male and female should be treated differently. Like if you have a behavior problem, the behavior problem should be addressed the same way, right? In terms of your method of assessing the behavior, finding out why they're behaving that way, and try to find a resolution for um, better appropriate behavior in that environment. I don't think that's a male, male and female thing. The challenge, but there is a, 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 a portion of it that is, and the challenge with that behavior side of it, we'll just spend a moment on this, and then I want to move forward a little bit more, but with boys, their aggression looks different than girls. And so therefore, if a teacher only sees the boy's behavior as being aggressive and not the girls, because it's subtle and it's 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 it looks different, they will, you know, act differently and the discipline is also different. Okay, so that's the problem. Okay, so, right? so this is this is what this is what I'm thinking, right? Like I understand what you're saying because that's historically what happened. But what I'm saying is, like, should they be treated differently? No, because you you should be there should be some form of formal training to be able to assess behavior, right? Like there should be some form of behavior management, right? Because, well, now, now we're getting into psychology. Yeah. You know that ain't gonna happen. Right. But, I'm not but, paying but, for that. <laughs> is, like, there should be some of like you should be able to you sh you should be able to d determine whether like if a girl is bullying another girl and like and it, and it may look it may not be the same way as a boy bullying another boy. You but you should be right. you should be able to identify bullying, right? Like the behavior, like these behaviors, you should be able to identify then have those behaviors addressed, right? And then and then and then have a process to break it down. You should be identified when what bullying looks like. It's gonna it may look different for boys and girls. It may look different. It may look the same, but you should be willing to identify like there's an issue here. Right? Listen, I should be able to build a rocket, but when I see them instructions and how to do that rocket, you know it ain't happening. So no different from a teacher. No disrespect to the teachers, but they are teachers. We just established that there's a difference between a teacher and an educator. So an educator can read people. A teacher isn't going to read anything. Yeah. Well, but that individual shouldn't have the right to treat anybody any different. You can't even do your damn job. They got authority. <laughs> Like, you don't, you don't have a right to treat no boy and girl different. Like, you're not even doing your job. Like, you can't identify what, what's aggressive and what's not. Then, like, just, just go back in the classroom and scribble so, on the board. But don't try to handle discipline based on, based on sex because you can't even identify anything. You should be able to okay. do that. So the boy or the girl went to school and they graduated right they've been prepared by the educational system and now they're entering the workforce they're going to be a part of society this is what we've been talking about now let's transition into the workforce okay um do you think companies i agree that companies should hire the best person for the job do you feel differently about that or no a thousand percent Right. Like who, who, now, who wants to deal with someone who doesn't know what the hell they're doing? The problem is, this is what we're you're, you're dealing with. Right? Unfortunately. This, is, this is it. <laughs> Unfortunately, right? So the reality is we are dealing with people who are in positions that are not competent in their role. So when you look at the grand scheme of things, I've noticed, just based on my observation, no research, no stats pulling or any of that stuff, that there are a lot more men in higher position. One thousand percent. Right? The problem is sometimes women are best suited to steer that ship. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think is happening there? I think I think there's like the old age boy club. Um 
I think it's people hiring seeing people that they they're compatible with, they get along with, they identify with, and um, it makes it easier for them to work with, right? And so, and I think the people just don't want to hire women. There's like there's this, like, there's this negative idea that um, they're going to be, you know, a, when you whenever whenever I've worked with a strong a female in management, she she came with a bunch of labels. She had to carry herself like completely different from the men. She couldn't be jokey, jokey, and laughy, laughy all the time. She couldn't. She couldn't. She she damn near couldn't be herself, particularly if she was black. Right. Right. Um, there's no there's no let your hair down thing, and you could you could see the stark the stark difference in a, in a work environment where ma- ma- males men in management position feel there's there's a there's, there's some form of comfort when they're talking to each other when they're socializing in the office they socialize more in the office right yeah. female managers don't female managers go to the washroom go to their desk eat their lunch in the eat their lunch in their office because they got work to do there's a huge movement also happening right with this whole gender identity movement which <clears throat> i'm all for if if as long as it doesn't obviously infringe on um or minimize my rights as a heterosexual male but for those of you who just tuned in to the show uh you're going to recognize if you haven't already this is more like a heterosexual conversation uh it's as straight as it's going to be and so do not feel offended because we're not talking about you and you know, I just want to make sure I put that out there. I don't want anybody to feel as though oh, I'm excluding somebody or a, a particular group. But I'm, <clears throat> I want to, you know, share a moment about that specifically because I had an experience where I went to Yorkdale Mall recently, you know, before the pandemic or, or just before the second lockdown, if you want to call it. And um, I went to use the washroom. And I was really taken, right? And this is obviously my heterosexual uh, spidey senses, if you want to call it, that came that came up. So I'm walking into the washroom. There isn't a door. You know how you yeah, know, now yeah. the washrooms, it's like a maze. You walk through and then you're there. I'm walking through, but then a woman is walking right next to me and we're going into the same washroom. So I stopped. And I said, wait a minute, am I going into the wrong washroom? So I literally took steps backwards as she continued forward to come back and look at the sign. Yeah. I didn't recognize the sign. I had that experience with that wall too. Particularly when they did and the, rest said, of the renovations, I was like. Right. And so I was like, whoa, okay. But then I looked back into the washroom direction and then I noticed there's a guy coming out. So I said, okay, so. I'm confused and I was confused. So I waited a little bit until I saw that lady come back out before I went to the washroom. Cause I'm like, I'm not going in the washroom with another woman in there because I didn't know that, you know, it was a, a unisex washroom, but then I proceed cause I only saw her going. So I, I proceed to go in and I noticed, Oh, there's other women in there as well. And I recognize that there are stalls. I went in the stall I hid in the stall and it's almost like you don't want to make any noise. Cause then it's like, wait, you're giving away the male experience here. Like, 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 <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. Honestly, it was the most uncomfortable situation for me in a public setting. And I was like, wow. Was it uncomfortable for you? For, Cause it was a, like you, one, you were, you're just totally caught off guard of what was happening. Like you didn't even know, you had no idea what you're walking into. Right. And you're just trying to process it. Right. Or, and then there's women here and there's never been women here before. And that's like, what it was. I do, am I doing the wrong thing? And like, you know, someone going to draw me up. Like what's going to happen here? Like I need to use a washroom. Like I want to use the washroom. Right. Um, and so like that, but so is it still like now, is it an uncomfortable situation for you? Or, like, you understand it so you can free flow and do what you need to do? Now, I, can, now I can do it, right? Now I, I'm aware. It's not, I wasn't blindsided. Because because I had a similar experience in high school. We had a, um, a gentleman that was cross-dressing. So 
he would identify some days as a male and then some days he would identify as a, as a female. So he was able to go into both washrooms and that was an issue um, at Bathurst, right? But so I'm aware of that from way back then. But this one threw me off because I didn't know the change was at my doorstep. Like, you know, you know, for the lack of a better term, like I didn't realize it, it was happening. You hear conversations, you're in conversations about some of the changes that are coming down. But because I hadn't been in that mall in a long time, it felt like it hit me right in the face. And I wasn't prepared for it. So being in there, that was where the uncomfort came in. But but for me, it was heightened. And the reason why it was heightened, because I'm a goddamn black male. So, the, you know, the woman going in there with me was not black. She was Caucasian. So I'm like, this doesn't feel right. So it wasn't just the gender issue that was a problem for me in that moment it was also a race and social issue because i know how things are perceived if i'm alone with this person in this setting ain't like i've seen it right history has told me it's never a good combination to be alone with a stranger who is not of this you know what i mean like it's just not right yeah and that's the energy that also came on to on top of that so it's compounded is one i'm shocked with this washroom thing and then on top of that you add the racial um, you know, you know, influence. Element yeah, element to it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, okay. So that's why I waited. Cause I'm like, I need to see her come back out before I go in there. Right. And, and that's the thing. So I, I'm also aware that some people may never have to encounter that, but that was my experience in that moment. So, um, it's at, it's at our doorstep. I'm aware of it now. And I think if I go in there today, I'll be fine. But in that moment, it was definitely, I was taken by it. I, like, for me, I don't think the... Because, like, again, I have the same experience. My first experience was um, with that was in Yorkdale as well. And I was, like, I was I was, I was, I was confused. Because, like, do I go... Because I, I only see one washroom of where prior in that same that same hallway, there was two washrooms. So I was, like, what am I doing? Like, where did the other one go? Like, is this, I'm, like, looking around. I'm just, like, do I go in here? But, but I, felt, <laughs> I felt a little bit more empowered to do whatever I wanted. Because I'm a woman, <laughs> right, right. And so I felt like I felt like, damned if I do, damned if I don't. Like, what's someone gonna say? Like, this could end in my favor. You know what I'm <laughs> and so, and just like, and like, not to be arrogant or whatever, but like, that was just actually my natural. That was my natural thing. Like, I see men coming there, women coming there, whatever. I was like, okay, if anything happens, no one's gonna be like, oh, this woman, what, like. This yeah. man was in here. Yeah. This man was in a she there's a bunch of women. This man was in here. Like you've you've seen it so happen so many times that in your subconscious it made it almost automatic for me to feel like, yo, they could just take the L for this. Right. Right. <laughs> like that it, don't hear like by by no stretch of the imagination is that right. I'm not saying it is, but like if I'm if I'm giving an honest an honest thought on what I thought, like if I'm giving telling you what I thought, that's what I thought. I was like I need to go to the washroom. Like, I'll figure it out. Right. I didn't have to stop and I, I stopped and paused and I, I thought about it for a minute because the environment didn't look the same as I remembered it to be. But, like, I need to use the washroom. <laughs> and I'm going to go because I knew that I'm going to get less heat for being, if, if I was even in the wrong. Right. Right. And so um, I, I felt, I, I, felt um, I felt entitled, if you will. Wow. Like I told you, like I can go in there. Damn. I'm telling you right now, like back in the day, if I need, if you went to, if I went to a club, and the woman's washroom was full, I was going to a man's washroom. Well, that's stall because they never, they don't use a stall. Right, right. That's true. That's true. I've seen, I saw that quite a bit. If there's no security guy there, I like, yo, I just like take one of my friends, yo, you watch out, I go use the stall, and we just both walk out. It's funny. It didn't even matter if the security was there. And then the men would be like, "Yo, what are you guys doing in here?" And I'd be yeah. like, "In my head, I'm like, yo, relax. You're not even using it. Imagine a man walked into the woman's washroom and told her, <laughs> relax. You're not using it, right? <laughs> oh, it'd, it'd be a shit show. Oh my gosh. It'd be a shit show. But I thought I really felt I could do. Like I've done it, and I felt I could do that. I felt it was like." It, I felt, I wouldn't say just, 
I wasn't going to take the heat for it. Right, right, right. Oh, right? man. The most was going to happen is security told me I can't go in there. Okay. I need to use the washroom. Stop. That's it. That's it. Right? And so that's, that's horrible, right? <laughs> it's horrible, but is it like on this natural thing that like I immediately felt I could do that? Yeah, it was no problem. Nice. Like, like for people, for people to, when people want to play ignorance to whatever leverage that they have, it's like it's like come on. Yeah, yeah. Come on, you you know, people people know. That's it. People know what type of leverage they have, when particularly when it comes to the sexes. For people to play like I don't know, it's like come on. Yeah, they know. Listen, we've been talking about gender stereotypes. Uh, if you're now joining us, please stay, stick around. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about. Um, my guest today is Reva Carpenter. She's hanging out with us today. We're just chopping it up. So I have a segment that I want to run, run by you. It's called Thinking Out Loud. This is a special... I got like real nervous. I was like, oh my gosh. Thinking out loud. Nah, you're already outspoken, so we're going to do this. It's going to be dope. So, <laughs> so for you, I got two questions. Normally it's one. But for you, it's a special episode. I got two questions. So the first one is a would you rather question. Are you ready for it? All I need from you is on the spot, give me your honest response. The first thing that comes to mind. Don't okay. overthink it. All right? Okay. <laughs> Would you rather be without elbows or without knees? Knees. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, oh gosh. Um, I guess without. I, I guess without elbows. Oh, I guess without elbows. <laughs> so that means you got one straight bone. You got that right. Like, how am I going to put a shirt on? Like, you can put both your hands, but you need assistance. I don't know. I don't know. Like, maybe without, maybe without, maybe without knees, because, like, your hands can help more than your feet. Your hands can help your feet more than your feet can help your hands, but, like, holy. Um, maybe without, maybe without knees. Because, like, from a logical standpoint, your hands are more helpful than your legs. Okay. In the context of, uh, <laughs> yeah, without me, oh, I'm going to screw everybody with that question a thousand percent percent. I can't wait. Oh, oh, man, I apologize. I can't even keep a straight face for that one. I was just waiting for that one to come through. Oh, my so gosh. Which one, would you, like, which one would you rather be without? Ah, uh, knees. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I think knees is a logical. Shoot. At least, at least I can do something with my hands. Like, I can't knees. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> sitting, sitting will be interesting. <laughs> I'm just getting me a recliner. <laughs> oh, knees. Things can be more accommodated. Things can be more accommodated if you can't bend your knees, like your legs are straight. But if you can't bend your elbows, there's not a lot of accommodation. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of standing, though. Listen, there's a lot of standing. <laughs> They're both so messed up. It's crazy. It's a lot of standing. Like if you go to, like if you go to dinner, right? <laughs> and you you can't sit at a booth. Or if you do, you have to sit side by side. Now, okay, okay. So that's interesting because that brings up an interesting uh, conversation about uh, accessibility, right? And um, and that would be something that, that would be interesting to see, right? How are we actually accommodating people like that? But again, that's a sidebar. <laughs> My yeah. next question is, we're still talking about thinking out loud. Um, this is a more legitimate question as opposed to the first one <laughs> Thanks. what is the best gift you have been given what's the best gift that i've been given yeah the best gift that i've been given mm -hmm. love love yeah elaborate i think that's the best <laughs> gift i've been giving um the love of my family the connection we have the their patience with me, 
the, the ability to share experiences and like and to fail and still be accepted whether you feel financially personally you're having social like relationship issues just to have that community around you is like it's it's irreplaceable like you can lose everything and if these people love and support you you can get it back easy it's like it's not a problem I think, like, for me, when I got older, like, I really started to view my family in a different way. Like, they're irreplaceable and, like, they're a necessity. Mm-hmm. Like, the, 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 my friends are the family I chose for myself. Right. They're a necessity. Um, I can't contribute getting anywhere without, without their love and support. Awesome. I appreciate that. I think <clears throat> that's the best gift. I appreciate that. That actually segues us into the next portion of our uh, conversation about gender stereotypes. And I want to move into the social aspect of things, right? So how do the roles of men and women differ in the family structure from your um, experience? Now, I want to compare. Let's see. I want to do this comparison thing because I think there is a huge difference between, let's say, the 90s to 2021 so what would you say the, the role um how how did do they differ between men and women in the family structure okay so like for my parents age I how i think the roles differ um i think my parents were, were traditional in the sense that my dad always knew that it was like it was paramount that he worked and he provided right and not to say my mom dif- my mom didn't but my mom also took large portions of time to like off traditional type of working and raised us right so she was home for quite a bit of time like she she had her side hustle my mom could sew my mom could cook she she made money but she she had to find um an unconventional way to do it at that point in time where my dad like every day went out and worked right i never even thought my mom was like a stay-at-home mom like that was the adult looking back i'm like oh shit my mom's a stay-at-home mom but like i didn't think that she was like I saw value in what she did. It was like her being there was value valuable. I never thought that she wasn't not doing anything. Right. You know? Right. And because she could do a little my mom was a very resourceful person, so she could do a little bit of everything that needs to happen in the house. But right? But you're not saying that stay at home moms in twenty twenty one aren't doing anything. No, I'm I'm just saying that this the idea of a stay at home mom right. was I never thought of my mom as a stay-at-home, like, uh, that terminology. Yes. I never described. I said my mom, I always used to say my mom stayed at home when we were little. You didn't know the label was, was yeah, for I that. Yeah, I just didn't know the label. Like, even as adults, I always say my mom stayed at home for a little while, but she was always doing something. She was just at home doing something. So I never thought she wasn't not working. Right. Right? right. I never thought of it like that. I always thought that um, she was busy doing something. And so what's different now with the family structures today, in your opinion? I think that, I think because both parents have to have an income for your family to have a quote-unquote good life in Canada, Mm -hmm. the flexibilities look different for a very long time. Now people are getting into, people are becoming a little bit more entrepreneurial, both men and women, and a lot of women for that matter. But there's a period of time where both men and women had to go to work. Your kids are in daycare all the time. Right. And I don't, I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure if there's a difference in gender roles because I didn't really, I didn't have that experience with my parents. I didn't see a lot of difference in gender roles. I think they were, they've been kind of consistent in that way for, like if, when, they, when we were older, my mom went back out into the workforce, but we were older and taking care of ourselves. So it was, it was a different experience. Right. Because I think I think there's been a shift um, in roles as far as you have more. I'm noticing there are more men um, actually staying home and raising the kids and women are breadwinners. And I don't know if it's because of just obviously um, educational status um or just drive and ambition because I think there's a lot more women out there that are actually more motivated and driven than there are men. 
that's just my personal opinion but that's what i noticed too women are out there getting it and they as they should um but i think that's in the workforce and socially i think that's what's shifted for me that i've noticed which is a great thing but that also has uh, an impact on the on the family nucleus because traditionally we've had like you said our parents our moms were the ones in the house more than you know the male had to go out and provide financially and and, and whatnot and so that was a traditional the old school um you know structure but i think it's shifted now i think it's like you said it's balanced some people are actually both working at the same time but as far as income earning and things like that i feel like women are actually earning more in a lot of situations than men are so okay so how do, how do you feel about gender roles in, in, with your house like how do you think that within your household right um with you and your wife like how do you think gender roles are playing out like would you feel comfortable if your wife started making you know 10k 20k more than you how would that i don't get me wrong i know i know you're a different type of man so, <laughs> so how would that, <laughs> I, I feel like i already know the answer to this because, um, for us, it's funny you 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 asked me that. Um, for many years, you know, my wife had made more money than I have. The only time I've made more money than her is actually when I got into my current role, right? So that's been the way it has been, right? And so I'm perfectly fine with that. I personally don't even care. I, I mean, you already know, like I don't care how much money you make more than me as long as we're we're doing this, moving the ship. And steering it together, right? Uh, as long as I'm pulling my weight, as long as you're pulling your weight, um, and that's why I think there's a huge difference between generations now and back then, because back then, like I remember even stories between that my mom has shared with me about you know her and my father, they had disputes over money because she made money, and. It wasn't necessarily more than he made, but they got into arguments because she made money. And like you said, proud and ego um, came in where it's like, well, if you're making money, you should be handing it over to me and I'm the one that's going to manage the money. Is that a cultural thing? I, You know what? I don't know. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised because if you were brought up in a system or a culture like that, and that's all you know. That's what you're going to practice when you get older. Okay, so I feel, I feel that's a cultural thing, and this is why I feel that's a cultural thing, right? I feel it's a cultural thing because, um, so whenever I speak to an African man that's born in Africa, it's just I'm thinking like, well, this guy is like mad out of date, but he's not out of date, right? Mm-hmm. He just has, he's like he's seen and been in environments all his life surrounded by black people, right? Yeah. Which is like, which is super empowering. And then there's these family structures that have been set for years that, that the father and the mother passed down to their children yeah. of how things should go. Yeah. And the family's involved in the family. That's right. Like, and so, like, the children aren't just off doing whatever they want to do. That's not happening. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Where are you going? This is where you're going to school. Like, like as, as much as I'm Canadian, like, oh, that's too much control, whatever, whatever. That structure works. I, I do think so, sometimes it is cultural, depending on where you're from, of these gender roles inside a household. Mm-hmm. So on that note, I want to hit you with this one. I think you'll like this one. You'll appreciate this one. What does it mean when a man is said to have female tendencies? <laughs> what does it mean when a man is said to have female tendencies? Yeah, because I've heard that a few so, times. But so okay, so when I, when I'm so okay, masculine and feminine, right? Okay. Masculine is logic, right? And feminine is emotion. Right. Okay. That's not ge- that's not gender. Those are just two functions. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you have an emotional response to something, right? Mm-hmm. Or view something, or you have a logical response to something, or view something. 
the logic is associated with masculine, uh-huh. and the emotion is associated with feminine. Right. If lo- if you're logical, you're also going to be um, like you're going to be goal orientated. If you're logical, masculine, whatever. If you're feminine, you're going to be like passion driven. Right. Okay. And so I think from what what from time to time, if a man is quote unquote overly expressing how he feels, if he's having, if he's if he's if he's driven to a career because he's is like a passion for him, like these are all associated. These, these words are all associated with some form of femininity. Right. Like those are those are gal things. You know what I'm trying to say? Those guys moving like a gal, but. <laughs> if, a, if a girl, right? But if a girl is, if if a guy's going back and forth, let's say I had a discussion with a female and she's logic and she's breaking things down logically and she's she has a goal in regards to her conversation. She's she's ambitious and she's focused on her job and she's serious about it. You know, she's aggressive. Right. Right. And so she's referred to be as masculine. So I don't think those are gender things. I think they're like I think masculine and feminine are. There's a distinct difference between masculine and feminine, like male and female. Okay, because I I I noticed that a lot of people when they use that towards so particularly when it's male on male, right? So when is another man addressing another man saying, "Oh, you have female tendencies," it's frowned upon. It's exactly the notion that you alluded to that they're trying to make that person or that other man. Because you emasculate him. Right. Right. Because because they, they associate masculinity directly with gender. Right. And so that's something that I want to kinda of address. But I mean, you hit it right on the nail, so thank you for that. Um I think people listening need to pay attention to some of these things because you might be one of those people that's trying to emasculate another man and that could be simply due to your own insecurities and I think you need to check well, that. And I think that's what it is, right? I think that is is Okay, so there's there's a there's emotional intelligence which which is something like the minute I just like I, I I had a real understanding for it, I just felt so disservice that I didn't that it, I didn't learn it earlier. I think it was just it just changed things for me to like to really to nothing's wrong with emotions. Nothing's wrong with expressing your emotions, but everything has to be measured. There's, there's, there's times and place for things. And you have to keep these emotions in check and make them relevant towards the particular circumstance or situation that you're in at that particular time. And you have to express them and articulate them differently in different environments, right? Not, everything you, not every time you feel disserviced or something's not going your way, you can hype up. Sometimes you have to pipe down not operate from a place of this emotional place, the feeling that you're feeling, and try to break it down and think about how you're going to achieve your your outcome in this circumstance, right? And so, but when, when other men say other men are emotional, I'm like, what are you, a robot? Like, yeah. you have to be able to convey a feeling if, if, a, if two men are talking and a man and one man makes another man feel a way about something, like I said, I should be able to say, yo, you made me feel away. When yeah. you did this, you made me feel away. Right. You can't, you can't dismiss his feelings right. because you, because you have no, you don't have the capacity to make an emotional connection, or you don't have the capacity to at least identify that you hurt someone's feelings right. and that they have them because you, you're incapable or unwilling to express a feeling because you're insecure in your own masculinity. Right. Like, you can't shut another person down because they're expressing that. And I think that's kind of, like, culturally black. I think particularly black people have done that to black people. Right. And there's this idea of how a man should be, and it's a very fixed idea. Yeah. Right? And I also think our younger generations than ours are dispelling those things. Yes. The man today is willing to go to therapy, willing to clean up some of those stuff that are that are um, congesting him from moving forward. He's right. willing to address some traumas. He's willing to um, have hard conversations yeah. about things that are, that are painful or hurtful or that, that make him feel vulnerable. Like, I think we're at a place where men are having those conversations, and now you can have them with each other. 
Right. And that's important. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I think that's super important in regards to how you, how you now communicate with your kids. Yeah. And how you express things to your kids. And how, like... But that's the thing right there, though, expression, right? A lot of, um, a lot of men, um, I can only speak from a perspective of being a black male, but a lot of men don't know because they weren't taught. They didn't learn it. They didn't see it. How to express um, that emotional intelligence to their children, especially their black boys. Well, you can't teach what you don't know. Exactly. Uh, and so I think now we're starting to do more of it. Um, I know a lot of fathers in my circles that are doing more of that. And that's it's beautiful things, a beautiful thing to see. And, and I definitely commend them for that because that takes a lot of courage. You're also teaching that young man or that young boy how to become a man, right? And that's what was missing. You're also teaching that, that, that daughter how to, what a man looks like, what a partner right. looks like, what a, what a role model looks like. So right. You're, you're giving her something, you're mirroring something for her, right? You're like, right. You're giving her something to be something off. But also how, how she should be communicated to, mm-hmm. right? And, and vice versa. So it's, it's essential. I'm glad you, you hit all those points. Um, we're going to, lead towards wrapping things up but before we do that i want to give thanks to all the listeners that are listening that tuned in um please subscribe to the show uh download it follow comment chime in uh you can connect with us on social media i'm gonna get reva to give out her handle if she's interested in you know having that conversation or extending this conversation with anybody out there um uh, but for me, I'm open to the conversation, so you can definitely hit me up. Anything that you got from this episode that you want to chime in on or comment about, hit me up, um, and I'll leave my details in the description so you can get that as well. But please subscribe, share the information, share the conversation, and we definitely appreciate all your support. Um, now, before we move forward, uh, I just want to share an opinion that I have uh, in general, and I think as a people... Um, we would be so much further ahead um, if we tried interacting with one another from that equity equity lens that I mentioned earlier in the episode, um, as opposed to just equality. Because right now we're we're equality driven, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think if we want more and better equity. Uh, an equity lens approach would be the best. Why? Because then you're giving people and we're treating people as they wish to be treated um, based on their needs and so forth. And so that's just my little opinion, my simple, humble opinion. Um, You know, but I want to take the opportunity to thank you guys again. And um, it's been a great, great, great conversation. Thank you again, Reva, for being here. Is there anything that you can leave our listeners with, whether it's a statement, a thought, a message, something inspirational, and then follow that with your social media um, contact if that's where you want to be reached. And if not, that's perfectly fine as well. What I'll leave people with is learn to advocate for yourself. I think that's very important. Learn to speak up for yourself in all in all rooms that you walk into. That's it. That's it. So a special announcement for everybody that tuned in today uh, for this episode. If you're listening to it um, now, the next 25 subscribers after the airing of this episode will be entered into a draw to win a free copy of my poetry book, Scriptures from the Sidewalk. So that's the next 25 subscribers from the date this episode was aired. So make sure you log in, subscribe, and um, get your name entered into that drum. Again, thank you so much to my guests, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Love, peace, and nappiness.